0: Welcome to the Mark Steering Music Podcast. This podcast is the audio journal of my guests' nice adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Starry. That's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most of the places you get your music online. This podcast drives every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available if you enjoy it please subscribe on itunes it's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode if you've got an extra buck or two You wouldn't mind tossing the podcast tip jar please visit patreon.com forward slash mark staring music podcast also consider helping get the word out of the streets via social media five-star rating interview on itunes and or tell a friend or two happy thought of the day is by charlie muscle the harmonica is the most voice like instrument you can make it wail Feel happy or cry. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Starry Music Podcast. Enjoy
1: and break it to you. I don't really care about the big time.
0: Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 260. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the b Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. I am loving my new Takamini GJ72 jumbo acoustic guitar. This thing is a monster. Had a hard time finding a case for it though, and piecing together a sound hole cover with weather stripping was an adventure, but overall this thing has a huge sound. I've never had so much fun playing a brand new guitar. Well, I've never had a brand new guitar, so what do I know? Last week's Gigs Wrap Up. Wednesday, played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Worked up a loop version of Stand By Me for Mariah, who helps me set up every week. Friday, played a solo show at Ingredients in Whiteberry Lake, Minnesota. Since I got sick during last month's show, anything was better than that. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson, and myself, rocked out at JJ's Pub in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Awesome to spend some time with a buddy and fellow lifer in the Twin Cities music scene, Burkhart. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, I'll be playing a duo show at Bdale Club in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, i play a solo show at Volstead in Egan, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson myself, rambling up to Eagle Lounge in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 to rock out for Oktoberfest. Part two of three with harmonica extraordinaire, author and star of the Netflix documentary Satan and Adam, Adam Gusso. We talk Harlem set lists, recording Satan and Adam albums, friendship road stories and more. Enjoy the conversation. People,
2: people, people. Every day I got a smile on my face. I'm so glad to see you. Come on.
0: Was there experience. power? Like, how did you plug in your amp, or was that oh, battery-powered?
1: Battery power, strictly battery power. We, we each had a pair of mouse amps, so I still have the ones that I used. Um, it was an amp that I had taken to Europe uh, when I was a busker over there. The mouse is 5 watts. It has a, an angled front. It's the loudest little 5-watt solid-state amp you can get. You know, most people would say you don't want to play harp through sol- a solid-state amp. I had a pair of them. He had a pair. I used a passive signal splitter. Um, I used a Boss DD2 for many years, and then a DD3, and now I've got something else. But you know, harp sounds really good. This, I'm in a dead room right now. I'm in my office on campus. Almost no, there's almost no ring at all. But if you get in a stairwell and you actually count how long it takes, it's, it's you know a half a half second is a pretty cool kind of reverb, and so that's what I liked. Um,
0: Very I interesting.
1: Did I answer your question? Or did yes. I just yes.
0: And like, so, what songs would you yeah. play? Like, would you would you have like a predetermined set? Would he play like blues standards and kind of mix in these originals? And you'd kind of work, like, kind of like riff off each other. Like, how did you put your sets together? What would you primarily play?
1: So, so th- it's interesting. So first of all, we never rehearsed. So what you have to understand is I was not only playing on the street in front of, playing blues harmonica in front of a Harlem audience that's seen everything. I was always explaining to me that they've seen everything out here. So if they, if they like you, they'll let you know. But, but I was also had no chance to rehearse. So it was like, I really got into like, what's the groove? And, and, and I got very good at sort of letting my body almost figure out uh, kind of what the groove should be So my style as a harp player Evolved a lot through Just kind of feel it, trying something I had never heard Bobby Gentry's version, for example Of Ode to Billy Joe when, I, when he threw that song at me I didn't even know it was Bobby Gentry's song
2: I was out chopping cotton And my brother was bailing hay the house
1: to eat you know he didn't do it that way so i just came up with something that that worked with him and that was my standard my standard thing um so our, our set list was eclectic he would do some straight ahead standards like every day i have the blues which is a song that i actually have been doing for many years too um uh, uh, what uh, uh, should really go and take a look at our album.
0: I liked you guys' version of "Don't Get Around Much Anymore." Did you? Yeah. That, that looked. That sounded like that took some work on that one.
1: I yeah, we did that on Harlem Blues, and I might have even brought that to him. So there were times. I don't know if it was, I, I had heard big Walter Horton's version.
0: And of course fine cuts. Walter's one are my favorite harmonica players of all time.
1: Yeah. And I love, and I, you know, my teacher Nat riddles told me you need to listen to big Walter. And so the big Walter with Carrie bell with oh. some, Oh, you know, that was so, but we did a range of things. I, 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 Sangs at some, you know, that we went through some songs where I would sing some stuff that was off harmonica blues of the 20s and 30s, like "Baby, I'm Crazy About You," "Don't Like the Way You Do." Um, um, I can't, I can't do that stuff anymore. Um, we, there, there were things that I assumed were his originals that it turned out they weren't, uh, like "Heartbreak," for example, which is on the new Sir Rod and the Blues Doctors album. "Weak in the Knees," "Loosen the Head." uh my baby's going to quit me and i'd rather be dead heartbreak you know um th- which is by uh I forget his name but i i found it out when i was trying to register the song for us it's like oh no oh god it's not a sterling mcgee song it's somebody else's song <laughs> so i often did not know the original um but we 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 in the in the summer w- a guy would come around and would do a couple songs like born a uh, uh, a change is going to come we'd do s- some sam cook um so some straight-up blues, but he, and he would do some shuffles um, and would throw in the jazz chords that I knew as a guitar player. You know, he'd throw, he'd, he'd sort of walk it up. So if we're playing a blues in in G, for example, he'd go um, G, G, A minor 7, A minor 7, you know, uh, B minor 7, B minor 7, B flat minor 7, or some, go to the 6th dominant 7. So I, as a guitar player, because I had that imagination, I could read, I, I loved what he was doing, and I could read what he was doing pretty quickly, translate it, and then I could find something that would go along with it. So I was sort of the right harp player for what he was doing, and also, I'd been a funk guitar player in college.
0: Hope everyone's enjoying 2020 COVID football season so far. I've been running around so much I haven't seen many games but now that the Sunday shows are slowing down, I'm hoping to enjoy a few with some buds and of course some border bourbon from 45th Parallel Distillery. 45th Parallel is a family owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to using dozens of different spirits including gins, whiskeys and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel Distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation Slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their missions create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45th Parallel Distillery.com for hours and more information. So we're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians. Try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly.
1: I played in a band that we did, Billy Cobham and Stevie Wonder. So that range, and I know that you're a guy with a, a wide range of stuff, right? I always had that imagination. I used to say that we were, that we were uh, blues melodies, what did I say? Blues melodies, um, jazz harmonies, funk rhythm, and soul vocals. That was how I described the Satan and Adam sound. It's, it's pretty close to what we did. He had a real funk kind of gift um, and, you know, his guitar style was inimitable.
0: So he would you totally bring in. 12 harmonicas down there, or did you just fill your pockets, like two E's, two G's, two A's? Like, what was the kind of... Uh, I had a
1: was... day pack. At first I had a day pack with harps in it, and then I got a ph- a photographer's bag, you know, like the the old photographer's bag that would have lots of lenses and stuff. turns out it's really good to hold harps. So the whole time I was there with him was pretty much the photographer's bag. I had all the harps, but he played a lot in E, So I would play an A harp. He played a lot in G, so I'd play a C harp. When he would do like Ode to Billy Joe, which is in E, I played um, a D harp. So I would sometimes do third position on a D harp. I'm just looking for my D harp right now. Um... (laughs) That was that was how we did uh, Billy Joe, Oh, did Billy Joe. So I would do third position on a D harp from time to time. He would occasionally use a capo. Uh, he called it his his E keeper. Uh, that was his, you know, not, not a B keeper, but an E keeper.
0: Ah, that is hilarious. I got it. My E keeper.
1: Yeah, oh. my E keeper. So and then he could just play, you know, his E stuff. So he would occasionally capo up to, to F and, and and play open, you know, open E in, with the capo on the first fret. Um, and again, as a guitar—not since I'm a guitar player, it was easy for me to kind of, I could see what he was doing. Oh, he's putting—he's going to play an F, right? He would. Have came, we did a couple of songs in higher keys. So actually, uh, I would do Take You Downtown. He let me sing a couple. I mean, when if I really wanted to sing something, he'd let me sing it. I did Take You Downtown on an in A-flat, so I'd play a D-flat harp, which I, I've been doing for years. I've I always joke it's the it's the bluesiest harp cuz nobody ever <laughs> takes it out and plays it, you know. Who plays a D flat harp but it's a great key. It's See,
0: I do key. I play my all my shows are half a step down. My guitar is so I have a, I have a six-pack or whatever this is, you know, yeah. a seven-pack of half a step <laughs> down and half a set of normal, you know. So I like those oh, cool. off those those half step down yeah. keys.
1: He would rarely play in the in like C. That was very unusual. Um and you know, he, but he occasionally he play, he played one or two things in B, where he's capoing up, you know, that Albert Collins kind of, the high capo, um, and 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 do his same chord thing, and that was really effective. I remember some jams that just didn't want to end, and and that's the thing about him, he would play songs long, and I I remember, for example, we have an album called Mother Mojo, the second album. It was recorded at bmg studios in four hours the night before we flew off to finland so i think about how do you record an album in one night and you're going off to finland the next day that's a tough eight to midnight or or like seven to eleven we walk into the studio it's one of those big old, it's now closed. It's, it's done now, but it was where they would record orchestras. So it had a curved wooden thing sort of around the, the top, kind of. And Larry Coriel is unplugging. He's just finishing his session. I'm thinking that's a good omen. You know, Larry Coriel is like a hellacious guitar player. Um, but we played 13 and a half minutes. The Mother Mojo that shows up on the album, Mother Mojo, was about edited down to about six and a half minutes. But the original take, Sterling just went for 13 and a half minutes. And the reason I remember that is because, I mean, you know, that's just how it worked. He got into it so much. I don't know where that that version is. I mean, that the great mother mojo needs to come out, you know. Yes. But 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 that's what he would do. He would play long. And, you know, he was not like the three and a half minute cut on the record. And, and it took me a long time to understand because initially when he'd go on, it's like, okay, eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes. Mother, what are you... Come on, man, why do you have to play the damn song so long? And then I, you know, I mean, I'm a harp player, and we're a duo, and he's playing hard, and my lips are, as, as much as I'd get in shape, and you really would get in shape, I, I I was like, why do you have to play a song into the ground? And then later I thought, he grew up in Mississippi. He grew up in a church, like a Pentecostal kind of church, or Baptist church, I think. And But it was that serious energy, you know, That, that where, like in the church, if the music... The music carries the feeling, and if the feeling's there, you don't, like, bring it to a close. It's like what you call a, a praise break. I, I've subsequently come to really like those praise, the Kojic praise breaks, where they go high tempo for, you know, uh, on and on, you know. And that stuff's incredibly powerful. Well, that was his vibe. It was a church energy. So when I said, what did I say, blues melodies, jazz harmonies, funk rhythms, and soul vocals, but it was a church Approach in some way um, that that everybody else got. I just didn't quite get it at first. And then once I realized it's like, oh, he's playing it long because the feeling is there.
0: Huge thanks to my buddy Al for helping me put on a new bumper cover last week after I backed into a cement beam a long time ago. But I want to keep things looking fresh in my black Jeep Cherokee get from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. With 250,000 miles, my old car it was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff in more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court, Northwest pine city minnesota visit them in person business hours are monday through thursday 8 to 6 p.m and friday and saturday 8 to 5 p.m closed on sundays check out id chrysler pine city today and enjoy a safe fall season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new
1: ride so i just instead of holding back and at a certain point and saying like, why are you playing the song so long <laughs> i just relaxed you know, can you imagine you're yelling in your head? You, I'm sure you've been there every now and then. Maybe you're, if you do a session for somebody else, he's a band leader and he just, he's supposed to have a break after an hour and it's an hour and 10, and he's, the guy shows no sign of looking at his watch. You know, at a certain point, you want to go on break and you start to yell in your head, right? Well, that's how I felt. That's yes. how I felt. But I learned, I learned to appreciate it.
0: At the time, were you mostly lip pursing or tongue blocking? If you're lip pursing the whole time, I feel like your mouth would want to fall off.
1: No, I do both. I, I did both with him. Um, a good example might be, you know, for, for the for people who who are harmonica nerds and want to know. Here, so here's an a harp. I, I had a I played a harps a lot with him. Um, so the song that that was the leadoff song on our first album, Harlem Blues, was a song called "I Want You." Love it. Um, yeah, and, and uh, honestly, you know, I remember the, rec- the day we recorded that. It was the very first time we were in the studio, and it was the second take. I have the unreleased take. It's not quite as good. I listened to it just the other day. I have, it's the, this was the second take, and the, the, the feeling of it was perfect. The way he sang it was perfect. The solo I did, I am not capable of playing a better solo. You, you better hope that you are, can do your absolute best work, like your 99th percentile, on the day you're in the studio, and I, you know, that never happens. But somehow I, I, I managed to, because we were drinking Stolichnaya, and we were we were lit, and we were, <laughs> but we were so adrenalized. I will not lie, we were. I mean, we were. I'm not saying we're whacked out of our minds, but later in the session, my solos weren't as good. You know, I, I got a little expressive in ways that were not effective. But at that moment, it was like we were like, yeah, finally, and we could hear how good it was, and we got psyched. There's a, there's a story about Muddy Waters hearing himself in Alan Lomax's tape recorder and thinking, wow, you know, I, I'm like on the records. I can do this thing. Well, that's sort of how I felt. We've been on the street. We had these bad recordings. I, had, I made lots of cassette recordings of us, but none of them really, you couldn't hear his voice. You couldn't hear everything. And, and then we brought the street thing right into the studio. So I actually, he played through two mouses in Harlem blues, I played through a mouse and an Ampeg rocket. So I actually had a kind of tube solid state blend, but basically, and no isolation. So we're just like set up a couple of buskers right there, the way we would with everything, mixing up. everything. And isn't that amazing? And, and that was the sound, you know, and then like mics overhead catching everything in a, and it was a really live studio. So it's clatter, clatter, clatter. And he, and vocals, zero vocal isolation. So if you listen to the, you know, I want you or CC ride rider, with the wind or whatever, ride the wind. So don't get around much. Ride the wind. Down Home Blues were the second session to finish the album off a year later. Uh, same studio. I think it was this same engineer. They were all live to two track. That's the crazy. Thing.
0: Holy crap. That was a year later. Huh? Wow.
1: So, yeah. So, so the, the, the uh, um, I create the the ones on the first session were I want you CC rider. I create the music. Groovy people. Um, so like half the songs were the first session. And then we, we finished up um, a year later. But, you know, that first session was right off the street. We had been playing on the streets in January. This was, we had been playing on the streets in New York in January. So we were like, it's like you're bringing your A game. We, we were just so ready to just, um, we were so tight and so ready to just um, throw it down you know, throw it down. Anyway, I was going to demonstrate. So on that song, I mean, I would go back and forth. So I'm going back and forth. That's all tongue-blocked. That's lip purse. And then I'm doing a lot of, <clears throat> a kind of coughing has become part of my sound. And I think then I was, that was, that was part of it. Um, coughing is actually more, more of my sound than you might realize. There's a, it's a real timing thing and, a, and, a, and it helps you keep the beat. I, and I discovered that when I was a one-man band myself in later years. So.
0: Did he ever have vocal trouble with singing so intensely and so just violently? Did they ever say say, "Oh, my voice isn't there today"? Or like, like you're going to record and you're singing in the street all day outside in the winter? And all of a sudden, or was he just straight natural, didn't care, and just did it?
1: Well, he well the one the one thing he would do. Let's just put it this way: he wasn't like one of the the divas that's like in the hotel room over the hot. You know the hot water with the fumes coming up the 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 steam and clouds coming up. he didn't take care of his voice like that, but he had a couple of tricks, and one of them was um, lemon. he you know he would just get a slice of lemon in the bar and just chew it and get that lemon juice down there. That was one of his tricks to cut the phlegm um, it's a It's a good trick to have, so that worked for him um. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, when he was in a, he he went through periods where he was a teetotaler and would not drink, and then periods where it was the opposite, where we would, we would both drink. Um, So in the periods where he was drinking, it might be you know a shot of something, um, or a beer, that kind of thing. But yeah, he he didn't. uh, The one, the the only sort of singer's tip, or 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 hack that he had was just the the lemon. And he did do that. Honey and milk. He would also talk about honey honey and milk. I don't think he did tea with honey and lemon, but he would sort of, when if he'd get a cold or something, he'd take honey honey and hot milk, that kind of thing. Cool. Like that.
0: I want to tell you one of my favorite bars in the Roseville-St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is the truth the Food at T-Birds Cafe and Takeaway. There's always out of this world. Just got the word that B-Dale Inside Shows are starting this week. 50 people max upstairs, and we should be safe and most of all legal. Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. I've been told that they've been talked about in these podcast ads. The Waller's Woodhill Cocktails. I'll sell them like hot cakes. Karaoke, live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo nights, botch ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. And football. so, like, over the years, having bands and people I play with and stuff, you develop a friendship and camaraderie and all that. So I'm just oh, yeah. kind of curious watching, like I said, I'm really interested in the nuts yeah. and bolts like of, of the yeah. actual yeah. working yeah. musician. So when you guys were drinking and stuff for a show or after a show, what else were you guys into, like, as friends? Did you guys, like, listen to music? Were you guys into football? Were you guys, like, what else did you guys talk about?
1: That's interesting. Because uh, obviously, you know, when... When you're on the road, so I I did not hang out with him in his apartment much. Um, We'd occasionally do a little mini rehearsal kind of thing, like work on a couple of songs. Um, But I have to, so like the the real thing would be, and we we didn't hang out particularly after the gig in town. What we what we, although when we did that, you know, he was a kind of a preacher, right? He was Mister Satan, street prophet. So he, and and he was sort of full of. he would sort of smile in this kind of very intense way, and, and kind of pronounce on contemporary events. Um, I had to be willing to listen to him a lot, if that makes sense. Um, so I was a willing listener. But but here's the thing: when, uh, how about when we were on the road? So let's let's say we were on the road for a week. We would go. We did. I don't know if we did ten days. We'd go off on these sort of long weekend kind of tours, and so we had lots of time where, and we'd switch every 100 miles usually. So he would joke about it. He said, I'm the roadmaster, you know, and I'll take it for another 100, you know. He was a big, he was big into driving. He was a great driver. He drove the way he played, which is with a straight-ahead groove, you know, locked, locked in. He was a great driver, very safe. His wife was in the back seat, and they, and she was crazy. That was, I mean, she was sort of a problem in that way. Um, Miss Macy. I mean, I talk in the documentary about the time that they, they got into a fight while he was driving and she hit him on the back of the head. And I was like, I'm in the passenger seat and I'm thinking, you just hit somebody who's driving. We're on, <laughs> we're on Route 95 South from Old Saybrook and they, you know, <laughs> we're not going to do this, you know. But he and I would talk, we'd tell stories. It, that's what it was, really, is he would tell stories about everywhere we went was a place that he'd been with somebody else in most cases. And he would tell stories uh, about King Curtis. They were just, he, he'd had a life in show business, uh, especially Curtis. Um, he was part of the King Curtis band. Um, I, I'm trying to think of some other examples. He, he so, so that was a lot of what it was. It was like, but, but if you ask me, what are the specific stories? I can't necessarily remember them. Um, we'd talk about women. Uh, even though his wife's in the back, we we, we would just—I might complain, you know—and he would sort of, oh, they're with their smelly little behinds. I mean, he had a, a sort of cynical kind of thing. We'd talk about. Here's the thing: like musicians in a duo, you talk about the show the night before, right? And you just go through it. Like, how did that go? How did that go? Every once in a while, there'd be a. I might get huffy on stage, and 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 so there might be a little correction. He might say, "Look, man, Mr. Adam." If we have a problem, take let take it backstage. Don't ever let people out, out you know, see it out front, kind of thing. Um, so we did do that. But you know, you're the thing that's very hard to describe to somebody who's not a musician is how when you're out there, you're not getting enough sleep. You've had probably a little too much to drink the night before, but you're playing beautiful music that feels good. You've got all of the energy from the people you met. You got money in your pocket. You're getting paid for doing what you what you know how to do well what you love to do you're inside each other's heads in a weird way it's like you're in the same space and he he actually would give me a cigarette so I stupidly started to kind of that was I didn't start with him but that that was something that 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 I, I began to do in an occasional way so you're sort of sharing a cigarette trading cigarettes lighting you know and and just flowing along
2: people 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 I got a smile on my face I'm so glad to see you Come
0: on Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday. If not before on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler Pine City, and the Bdale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging in iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It can be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go with some fun. Till next time.